everybody, this is Josh McKinney, and I just want to welcome you to episode 158 of the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show. So today, we're doing a redo. You know, I did a uh, designated winner episode like eight months ago, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it, I thought it, 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 it explained what I was hoping it would explain, but there was a problem with it. And the problem is that I also recorded six podcasts, other podcasts that week. And so I really didn't feel like it got to have the same thought that a lot of the other episodes that I release get. And so uh, I thought I would just kind of revisit it uh, today. I actually had a fun story and I'll explain at the very end of the episode as to why I decided to revisit it today, uh, but it was really cool. I uh, just want to go real quick though before we get into the episode, have a really fun shout out. And I want to shout out all of the listeners of the I Suck at Jiu Jitsu show that are in the Philippines. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever even said this on the podcast, uh, but I'm actually half Filipino. And it was a really cool surprise for me when I signed up for um, basically it's something that shows you if you hit any top charts in any other countries that besides the country that you are in. Um, and so for iTunes, I actually, the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show was in the top 20 of sports podcasts in the Philippines. I know that's a super specific, super, uh, uh, that's a really specific one, but it was really cool was when I looked at that, I go, okay, well, what kind of podcasts are actually in the top 20? The podcasts were like, pardon the interruption and ESPN radio and all kinds of really big name podcasts. And then thrown in there was the I suck at jujitsu show. And so I can only assume that it is people that are Filipino. They're like, oh, this guy does jujitsu and he's Filipino, right? I've got to assume that you guys that were giving me those five-star reviews from the Philippines and uh, giving me all that love from the Philippines. I understand you guys, you guys know, even though my last name is McKinney, that I'm half Filipino, right? I just, I was just curious for that. I was just curious. I thought it was a really cool thing. We've never made that that far into the top charts of any country. And so uh, just wanted to give a special shout out to the Filipino people before we go ahead and get started with the episode. Don't forget, if you're in the Philippines or anywhere, give me that five-star review. Uh, I would absolutely love it. Let's go ahead and jump into the episode. designated winner to me this is the most important training method that there is in jujitsu uh because everyone knows most of the other ones uh when we talk about designated winner and i will do a better job i think this time explaining exactly what it is than last time uh keep in mind last time it was like i was recording seven episodes in like six days or five days or something like that and so uh was a little jumbled. This time I've actually gotten to spend the last eight months since the last designated winner episode came out, teaching people how to do designated winner, explaining what that is, and uh, also getting to see results from people doing designated winner. Uh, first, I think we could just start out where I left you guys in the last one. Um, for those of you who did listen to last designated winner episode, how is my school doing since on one day a week, we pretty much stopped with doing, uh, we pretty much let people have freedom to designate a win what they want. Uh, so this is what 
each week I've made sense then. Uh, so on my Monday night class, Monday night is still designated winner, but I now do show one or two things. And the reason I do that is because when you, uh, it just, this is what it seemed like for me when people are getting off work and they've spent their first eight hours of their day and they've been working really hard. And then all of a sudden it's time to do jujitsu, me giving you too much freedom too quickly. Uh, a lot of times it's just hard to make that shift from being at work or just not be doing jujitsu to doing jujitsu. It's like a hard switch to flip. When I show like one technique, that switch isn't hard for people to flip anymore. They just pay attention. They Maybe they don't even listen to my explanation, but they see the movement that I'm doing. They see that it's jujitsu. And for whatever reason, it clicks. It sparks up something in their brain that says, okay, now it's time to learn jujitsu. It's so interesting. I can start class and I can say, hey guys, we're attacking the back. Does anybody have any questions about this position or we're escaping the back? Does anyone have any questions? And some of my students, most of the time, most of my students don't. Most of the time, I just get like blank stares. No, no questions. Then I can show a move. And hey, does anybody have any questions? No, no questions. And then everybody can drill for like 10 minutes. And when I say drill, I'm talking about designated winner because uh, as you'll find out, I only do designated winner at my gym anymore. But um, that's a spoiler at the very end. You guys don't know that yet. Uh, but as you will find out, when you start to get that movement, it puts you into your jujitsu mindset. And then as I go to walk around after five, 10 minutes, these people drilling a move that I just showed them uh, or an idea. Usually it's not even usually a move, right? It's like, here's three or four moves that you could do that express this idea. And uh, I'll walk around and then they'll have questions. Or maybe I, I also give the freedom to work whatever you want. Maybe you don't want to do these back escapes that I'm looking at. Uh, and still after about 10 minutes of drilling, I walk around and people have questions. Why didn't they have questions before? Why do they have questions now? Do those questions even, you know, do they matter? Are those the things that are going to make you better at jujitsu? I kind of started asking myself this stuff and that's where I got to, okay, we need to do something together. We need to start with something together. And so sometimes I'll run designated winner class like this, uh, like I said, every class is designated winner at my gym. Sometimes I'll run it with Wednesday night. Okay, everyone, uh, I'm going to show you a move that we all are are we're all going to do, um, or we're all going to add. And then I will say maybe it's a guard pass. It's a Toriando guard pass, which is bullfighter guard pass, whatever you guys call it, running around the legs. When we do this guard pass, I won't just say, "Hey, everybody, go drill this guard pass." Say we're going to do designated winner for like ten minutes. Uh, so you'll both get five minutes per side, start at 20% resistance, go, and everybody goes. And that means that you can do your Toriando guard pass and get your work, but you're also encouraged to just add this into what you already do. And so now you're starting in your standing passing position, and you're going to start to add it in to your knee cut that you already like. Uh, you're going to start to find like, hey, sometimes the knee cut doesn't feel good. Uh, so maybe that's when I should go Toriando. Or sometimes the Toriando isn't feeling good. And maybe that's when I should go knee cut. You start to ask yourself during this, whatever, three to five minute round of designated winner. And throughout that time, what will start to happen? This is so interesting. I can have all my students stop and go, okay, well, let's look at, uh, let's look at the next 
the next position. Does anybody have any questions? And the amount of questions just skyrocket. Versus when I would have my students drill and I would show a Toriando pass and I would say, okay, go work it. And then everybody would drill it and they would drill it how we call dead pan, meaning there's no resistance from their partner. They go in to drill this. And then all of a sudden, no one would ever have a question. Everyone's mind, it almost would seem that the the people that I'm dealing with have just gone into that mindset of I'm here, whatever, you know, not engaged. But when you just add it and you call it designated winner, you make it a game, you add a certain level of resistance for the game, your opponent is giving you 10%. That's the only resistance. What starts to happen is you start to notice, hey, there are times that I'm doing what I always do and it doesn't feel like the best move. I'm also not worried about losing. I'm not worried about any other problem here. But what's really interesting is I actually care about learning the Toriando, not because my coach said everyone focus on the Toriando. It's important. It's because my coach gave me the freedom to add the Toriando to what I already use. And that is, in my opinion, what separates designated winner from all other training method. All other training method has this thing where you go, okay, um, let's say we're going to drill a move, right? This is, this is the most common way that coaches tell their students, this is how you get better at jujitsu. And yes, you do get better at jujitsu from drilling. Important to, to note that, like when I'm doing an episode like this. Drilling is not inherently evil, but is it the most efficient thing? And is it the most efficient thing for everybody all the time? And that is kind of my problem with drilling is that it's the only method that is ever given to people. Oh, do you like this technique? Do it 10,000 times. Okay. And then I'm going to be good at it. Well, no, not necessarily. Well, what, what do you mean? I mean, some people drill moves a bunch and they still can't pull them off. What's the difference? I'm not really sure. I don't know, but I know that somebody told me 10,000 reps is, is what you should do. And it really worked for me. That's how we've been teaching jujitsu for years. It's like, hey, this is what people told me. So this is how you get good. Hey guys, Josh here. Just wanted to interrupt really quick and ask you guys for a favor. You know, I'm about to ask you for a five-star review. I know I've been telling you every single week how important this is to me, how it is changing the podcast, which in a sense is going to change jujitsu as we know it, at least how I hope and believe. And so if you guys have not done it yet, please give me that five-star review. I would love a five-star review, a like, a share, a comment, or whatever, just some type of love for this totally free content. Now, let's get back to the episode. So I think that this is a good time to break down into my opinion, what actually makes you better at jujitsu, more proficient at jujitsu? Because you can watch an instructional and even understand things deeper and actually still not be better at jiu-jitsu. It doesn't mean you can perform those things. You can drill a move 10,000 times. And yes, you can perform that move better. But if it's not the right move for the right situation, it doesn't help you. Or it really doesn't get you that much better, right? 
So here are the, in my opinion, the two things that matter for getting good at jujitsu. First is understanding. Second, repetition. Those are the only things that you need to get better at jujitsu. What I mean by understanding is, um, I, I guess this would be a good example. If I am learning from somebody and I ask them, okay, show me side control. And they don't give me a general idea, something that is uh, the what they consider the most important fight of side control. Most likely, I'm going to just throw whatever they say out. If somebody can't break down a position well enough to one, two sentences, a paragraph tops, and explain to me what most of the position is about, what all of the position is about. I don't think that they understand it. This is just my opinion, right? To understand something, you have to be able to think of it uh, simply. You have to be able to, um, you know, for me, you have to be able to explain it in a sentence. You can't explain it in a sentence. If you can't explain side control, what the goal of side control is in a sentence to me, I don't think you know it. To me, if you ask me, hey, explain side control in a sentence. Okay, if I'm on top, I need to either get my opponent flat or keep my opponent flat. That's how I think about side control. I don't think about underhooks. I don't think about cross faces. I don't think about neon belly. I don't think about all north, south, all these other things that there are. I think about the general idea. If he is flat, he is not getting out of side control. If he is on his side, it is going to be incredibly hard to keep him in side control. When you make something that simple, you understand it. And a lot of us aren't going to find understanding on our own. We just find understanding because a guy on a podcast says, hey, you're in side control. Keep them flat. That actually matters for mount too. It's the same thought. Keep them flat. You will you will win way more jujitsu if when on top, you understand what pinning actually is. Pinning is keeping the person flat. It makes it much harder for them to escape. And pretty much every escape that you see from a bad position starts with get on your side. Okay. We're going to do an elbow escape. Get on your side. We're going to do a hip bump. I have to, or, or, or uh, uh, not a hip bump, uh, like a bridge and roll. I have to get on my side to bridge and roll. I cannot just be flat, right? I have to turn or else you're not going anywhere. Every position in jujitsu, that fight happens. So that means that I understand that position, but just understanding isn't enough. What we have to do is get some repetition. Well, how do you get repetition of a simple thought like keep this person flat? You could spar it live and do positional sparring. You can say, and this is uh, to me, like even at the beginning of the podcast, this is what I was pushing to you guys. Hey, do more positional sparring. And I think most people just don't do enough of this still. What a positional spar is, is that means we start in side control. Hey, if you escape, we restart. If I go to mount or submit you, we restart, right? And then we spar it over and over and over and over. And what is that? That's our repetition, right? And if we start with understanding, well, then we get to repeat things that actually matter. I am getting repetition of keeping my opponent flat. I will, even if I didn't explain these things to you, if I under, if I explained keep the person flat, you would discover an underhook on your own. You would go, wow, it's much easier to keep him flat when I hug his arm. 
It's much easier to keep them flat when I hug both arms. It's much easier to keep them flat when I just keep my chest heavy on them. You're going to find things that work for you. And like I said, forever, it was positional spar to do this. Now you can use designated winner. You take a fight like side control. Hey, understanding that keeping my opponent flat is the most important fight. If I just got really good at that, it doesn't really matter what techniques, what submissions my coach teaches me. It doesn't really matter. If you're flat forever in bottom side control, eventually you're going to open up space and give me something, right? Uh, if you are, or I'm able to get to mount and open up space and get something. So how we would designate and win this is me and you would start sparring and how the designated winner works. Okay, uh, Josh, you're on bottom first. My job is to escape. As I start to escape, I'm going to only give you 20% for the first few reps. As I try to escape, if I start to get to a point where my knee's starting to come in and I'm actually escaping side control, what I'll do is I'll stop. Because remember, you're designated winner. It's not just me giving 20% resistance. And if I can beat you with that, I beat you. You win every round. What this does is it takes out the fear of, oh, I'm going with a black belt. Josh is just going to escape so easily. Takes that fear out. Well, there's no worries. If Josh starts to escape, he'll just stop. And he'll give me time to respond to the situation. And so now while I'm doing my normal jujitsu, all of a sudden I start to feel that escape and then time stands still. And now I get two seconds, two whole seconds, something we would never get in an actual round of jujitsu where I can go, okay, well, this was the mistake. The mistake is that he is not flat. What could I do to get him flat again? And then I can put you flat and start to work. If I can't get you flat, I would ask, I would, or you would ask, you would go, Hey, Josh, why am I not able to get you flat here? I go, ah, may maybe you should jump to the other side of side control. I don't know. Maybe you should go to North South. Maybe you should trap my legs again. Maybe you should do something different, right? But because we have that little bit of a, of a training room where it's no longer a live round, you are able to work this. So this is kind of how I always explain this when I teach a seminar and I'm showing designated winner. Uh, so a lot of times we'll play video games and, uh, you know, it's interesting. I look at like the ages of the people that listen to this podcast. This may go over everybody's head because I'm starting to get to a point where I don't play video games anymore. And most of my listeners are older than me. So maybe none of you guys play video games, but maybe you do. Regardless, when you buy a specific, let's say like a shooting game, what they will always have, and pretty much all video games will have some sort uh, form of this. They will have a training room. And how the training room works on the shooting game is either people aren't shooting at you or they are, and you just have unlimited health and you get to practice a specific part of the game. Maybe it's running and jumping. Maybe you're like, dude, every time I try to run and jump at the same time, I jump too soon. I fall off the cliff and I die. Well, so what you would do is you would take that one really important part of the video game and you practice it. And you go, man, I, you know, like now nobody's shooting at me. I've, I've taken this training room and it's way less stressful than when I'm actually online. And there's like an 11 year old kid on the intercom next to me, just talking trash on my mom or something like that. It's way easier for me when I don't have that stress. I just get to practice running and jumping. Yes, this is something that's super simple for all the people who have played the game for a long time. But for me, I need to get good at this before I can move on anywhere else. 
That's how designated winner is. You're taking a part of jujitsu and you're saying, okay, for the next 10 minutes, I'm going to ignore all other parts of jujitsu and I'm going to get good at this part. I'm going to get better at this part of jujitsu. And you create these designated winner rounds. And what will actually happen while you are doing these rounds is you will start to notice yourself getting better at jujitsu. And I know that sounds weird because you don't, you literally never feel this ever in any other training method. Nobody ever hits rep 10,000 and goes, whew, now I feel good at this move. No, you hit rep 10,000. You're like, dude, that, that was a lot. My knee hurts. I really feel like I repeated this too much. Nobody gets to that point and just goes, whoa, I'm noticing myself. But with designated winner, you will actually get stuck. Your opponent will stop. You will finish whatever pass you want, whether you finish, you know, you're, you'll, you'll win however you can, right? And then you will create, you'll tell your opponent, hey, or your partner, hey, do that again. Same scenario. And then I'll fight my way into that same scenario. And then I will hit it again. Good example of this. One of my students was working side control. Uh, her and her husband were working it. And she was struggling to like comfortably get to from side control to mount. Like uh, not in a sense that she couldn't bring her leg over and end up in mount, but a sense that she was struggling to do it while he was resisting and while he was moving. So we said, hey, let's do designated winner with this. And literally she was just she was feeling so uncomfortable moving her upper body or moving her body while she was on top, right? Uh, usually this just happens because you're worried about losing your position. And so like it took a minute and 10 seconds for her to get her first true rep because he was giving her about 20% resistance. He was keeping his knees in, making it hard for her to get to mount. Then she did it again. The next rep took about 30 seconds. So already right there, if you are keeping track at home, she got twice as good at the move in one minute and 10 seconds and now 30 seconds, right? And then she was doing the move in five to 10 seconds. She's a blue belt. She's newer, very new blue belt. So she's newer to jujitsu still. I didn't show her how to get to side control or to, to mount. She said, I have trouble with this. I said, okay, get in the position, get to mount. And she did, right? It took a long time at first, but she was able to teach herself how to get to mount. And she was able to double her ability to go from side control to mount to double it in one rep. Even if I showed her a breakdown of every little inch that my body moves when I go from side control to mount, there is no way that she would have gotten that level of progression between a deadpan rep of no resistance. There's just no way. But when you do it, when you do a rep with resistance, with the jujitsu that you already know, because remember, everything else, I'm only working on this little aspect, moving from side control to mount. Everything else is just my normal jujitsu, my normal idea of keep you flat, my normal attacks, my normal pressure. Everything else is normal. But then I'm adding just this little sliver into jujitsu of ju your jujitsu, and I'm just getting good at it, just really specifically. And I hope that it's it's through the airwaves. This is coming over right, or this is making sense to you guys. Uh, 
because that is the the high the most important part of this is how different the different this is from drilling and how different it is from positional sparring. If I had let them just positional spar this position, most likely, you know, her husband's a purple belt and super duper strong. If he's given hundred percent resistance, he's getting out of that position, even if she's doing most of the technique, right. Right. But since we broke it down and made it this, Hey, don't worry. We're just going to play a little game. We're going to play a game of designated winner. Uh, and so I think that's, I think we'll move on to the last thing. And I think these are just kind of more of the ways to utilize designated winner. And uh, the first off, I think the reason that you should be doing this is because it will protect your body. I, I Maybe you don't have, deal with the same problems that I do. Maybe just like the last 15 years of training a lot of jujitsu has finally caught up with me. Uh, but as far as I know, as far as I understand, jujitsu is hard on your body in trying to find ways to make it less hard on your body, finding ways, utilizing ways to make it less hard on your body, uh, is going to be really important to training for a long period of time. Uh, that's like the biggest thing with jujitsu. The biggest thing with getting good at anything is you do have to be consistent. You have to do it for a long time, right? To separate yourself from all the other people who just jumped in and jumped out. Hey guys, Josh here. Really quick, just want to interrupt and tell you about something exciting we have going on at simplifyingjujitsu.com. So right now, our ebook, our brand new ebook, The Three Lenses, the first ebook to ever talk about designated winner is absolutely free only at simplifyingjujitsu.com. What this will also do is it will get you on my email list. And this will give you all the updates on new episodes, all the updates on any tweaks we're making to the show or uh, the tweaks that we're adding to simplifyingjujitsu.com. So there's all kinds of cool reasons to sign up for the three lenses. But especially if you are enjoying today's episode, if you're loving learning about Designated Winner, well, guess where it was invented? Guess where it is first ever explained? It is in the Three Lenses ebook. You guys should absolutely check that out. That is totally free. And again, only available at simplifyingjujitsu.com slash three. That's simplifyingjujitsu.com slash the number three. Let's get back to the episode. But when you are consistent, when you're uh, being consistent in jujitsu and you're starting to progress, you will find that injuries are just a part of the game. Now with designated winner, you have a way to get better without going full bore. So maybe you're just training too much and this could be this big help to not train as much. You start to have really like well-defined goals and techniques and ideas that you want to get better at. You make sure you're consistently doing designated winner. And then you can even have certain days that you go hard. You know, and maybe one or two days a week, you're going hard instead of five or six. And during those one or two days, you're getting all kinds of data, all kinds of things that you are missing out on that you're saying, oh, I should be better at this. Uh, this isn't working for me or whatever that you can then take to your designated winner training. And so utilizing it that way, super important. But also what if you are injured? Now you have a way to get better while you're actually injured. 
okay, I have a knee injury. I can't do any type of guard passing, but I can play certain guards and I can play designated winner from them. And since my opponent's giving me 20% and I get to win every single round, I'm not even worried about getting re-injured. It's not like when you go in with a knee injury and you tell your best bud, hey man, we'll go light. And then you guys are fighting to the death. It's not like that. You're saying, no, we already have criteria. We know how hard you're going to go. I can go as hard as I want. I can go 100% while I'm doing designated winner. It's not, I'm going to find that it's not as helpful. I'll find that it's more helpful if I'm super duper smooth uh, because I'm able to feel so much more through it. But I can. I can go hard during it. And I won't be worried about getting injured. And what this has done for me and my jujitsu personally, not just like my students and stuff like that, is it has made jujitsu so much easier to think about while I'm rolling. And I think that's the problem most people have is like when you're walking into this dude's guard, that's really good. What are you thinking about? Now I know. Now I actually have good little sentences that I'm always thinking. And it's because I've done it so many times. I've walked into a dangerous guard so many times. And uh, with designated winner, I was able to then take those whatever 10,000 reps that I've had live. And then I was able to do them designated winner and get 10,000 new reps of walking into a dangerous guard, but with less worry, with way more confidence. So now I know, hey, if I get to choose this is where I actually want to be. This is what designated winner told me. Something else that designated winner will do is it will protect your mind. And uh, that's something we don't talk about is like so much talk on toughness and like, yeah, you're going to have to be tough. You're just naturally going to develop some toughness if you're able to stay on the mat for a long period of time. The mats make you tougher, but it's not all toughness. Sometimes there is like uh, certain amounts of discouragement that I think th there's a diminishing return, right? They don't make you tougher. You know, you're going in and you're getting beat down every single day, every single round for years. And this happens to people, right? Maybe their school doesn't add a lot of new people. So there aren't even a lot of new people for them to try to get, or um, they're just not the greatest athlete. And it's very hard for them to learn jujitsu. This happens to people where you are... Uh, where you're you're losing a lot and it gets discouraging. Designated winner lets you practice winning. That's really important. Winning is very, very important. It is one of the most important parts of jujitsu is knowing how to win. Imagine if you are a guy that has lost every single round for the first six months of his jujitsu. Then you go into a tournament, you finally have somebody your belt level, your age, and your rank. What are you going to do to him? If you don't know how you can win, if you don't know what steps you need to take for your offense, you can't expect to win. All you know how to do is lose. You've got to learn how to win. And this is one of the easiest ways to learn how to win. For the longest time, you couldn't learn how to win in jujitsu because no one would be nice enough to you to let you win. So you didn't even get practice or you're just waiting for those people out coming in on their trial class. And those are the only people that you get to practice winning against. What designated winner does is it takes the ego out. So it doesn't matter. 
yeah, I, I could I could lose 100 times to my white belt playing designated winner. It does not matter. They're supposed to win. And they are getting better each time. And that's the last point about this uh, to me. And in to really utilize designated winner is finding the right partner. So if you have a good partner, somebody who will be consistent, hopefully somebody who you have a, a pretty similar schedule to, so you guys will just you know, it's easier for you guys to be able to get your training in than having to figure it out each week, like schedule it each week. Somebody you enjoy talking to. And a lot of times somebody who you either have similar jujitsu to or similar jujitsu goals. So maybe you both want to be competitors. You play totally different games. You designate to win your own stuff, your own games. But still, there's something there because you guys are, uh, you have this common goal. Or uh, another reason is maybe you are both playing X guard and you're both trying to add back takes to your X guard. And you're like, Hey, Brad, we should add back takes to our X guard, me and you, and we'll partner together and do it as long as we can. And until we get better. And then since we both now have this, let's work on back attacks together. You know, we both just added back takes and we're taking everybody's backs because we know about designated winner from the I suck jiu jitsu show. And we refuse to tell any of the other guys from our gym about it right? Uh, the show or designated winner, we're keeping it to ourselves. And Hey, I'm cool with that. If you guys use the show to just supercharge your jujitsu and you're like, Hey, I'm the only guy at the gym that even knows about this show. Everyone's like, man, you're getting so much better. Don't tell them, keep it to yourself. Just be like, yeah, just stuff I'm, I'm coming up with on my own. Uh, yeah, have fun with it. But shoot, I lost my train of thought. I really haven't ranted too much. I've stayed pretty much on topic this whole time. I don't like it. Um, but uh, what you can start to do is you can start to think more specific. You can start to think more simple when you're doing designated winner. Um, for me, people really like the ways when I'm teaching, they'll say, oh, wow, you really explain this uh, in a unique way. And to, to me, of course, I explain it in a unique way. It's my perspective. This isn't somebody else's perspective that I'm sharing with you guys. This is how I see jujitsu. This is what I tell myself while I'm going into this round. This is where I think about my head should be in these rounds. It's not because somebody told me. To me, I think that that waters down jujitsu. It's like I'm just reiterating what was taught to me. You know, and it was this guy's perspective. How am I supposed to explain this guy's perspective? I can only show you mine. I can only make my way of thinking simple for me, right? And I think you need to be doing that the same way. And so, yes, maybe uh, maybe Josh says that keep this person flat is the most important thing from side control. And maybe that's helpful for some people, but maybe for other people, the concept of uh, what they call the open and call, the open and far concept, the far shoulder needs to be on the floor and the near elbow knee space needs to be open for you to be in side control. That's how you should think of side control. You've got to think of, you have to find what works for you. However, you explain side control and it makes it easier for you to understand. That's what you should be doing. And with designated winner, you can develop this stuff on your own, without coaches, without somebody watching every single little thing. The one complaint that I really do have about designated winner is my students don't freaking talk to me anymore. I do not, I have to work hard to get questions at my gym now. I used to like get done with class and then just sit and people would just walk up to me and like grab one of my legs and start leg locking. If still people do that, but way less, way less because they're, they can figure it out on their own. You know, 
I give them my answer to like the way I like to do jujitsu that way. They may even have a different preference and say, this isn't going to work for me. I would rather do it this way. Right. So that is a very, very, uh, detailed explanation of what designated winner is last little designated winner stories. I've had a few, um, one people at tournaments have been coming up to me and telling me about how much they like it and how much it has changed their game and, uh, how much it just made jujitsu easier for them to learn. And, um, so to me, if you're somebody that has, has been trying this, I know it's been eight months now that it's, uh, that I shared it with you guys. So maybe some of you have been experimenting with it and really liking it. If you guys have some success story of designated winner, please send it to me. No idea what I'm using it for. I'm not like creating a designated winner instructional or anything like that. I just would love to hear about it from you guys uh, and give me a little more data, a, a little bit more uh, more ideas on how to utilize it. Um, something else happened today, actually. this is I had a few other ones that I was thinking I might do, a podcast I might record. I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw a black belt from Chicago. Her name's Taylor Biagi. And she was, you know, I'm like watching. It's just a video of, of drilling. And I'm like, oh, she's not drilling. She's she's doing something like designated winner. You know, I can I can tell it's, you know, she's hitting multiple things. She's hitting different moves. It's not just her drilling an X guard entry. She's in X guard and then she's in single leg X. She's doing all kinds of different things. Like, huh. Wonder what wonder what she calls it. And I clicked it, I started to scroll down, and it said, um, you know, it like said what she was training, how she was training, said training method, designated winner. And uh to me that there is a you know, a Chicago black belt that is doing it. And yes, we are on the same team. I will say that. So, you know, it makes it feel a little smaller. Yeah, that that makes sense why 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 she would be doing it, but I've never had a conversation with her about designated winner and uh, uh, the fact that it was able to get to her, however, and she starts to do it with her school and her students and she has a super tough school and it's only going to help those people. They're only going to get better. And so uh, to me, seeing it grow to an extent that like I can see people online doing designated winner, that is like the coolest compliment in the world to me. Uh, so just anyone who is who's willing to try out this method. And then also, you may have a method that's very similar to what I call designated winner. That's good, right? Uh it doesn't I'm not saying this is we're the only people ever do this, right? There are people that do this, but to me, the people that do it a lot of times they don't even have a name for it. How do you, if it's this big thing that you and all your guys, you all train this way, why have you not told anybody about it? I think that there are schools that are doing these type of things, but they don't have a, they don't have a word for it. And to me, that word, it's designated winner. People have wrestled. Uh, I'll explain this to people that are wrestling, uh, that have wrestled their whole life. And they're like excited. They're like, yeah, we do this in wrestling. We don't do this in jujitsu. Why didn't why don't we do this in jujitsu? I don't know. Now we're gonna start. And so that is uh the long and short of why you guys should be doing designated winner. Hope you guys like this one. And that is the episode. 
Hope you guys liked this one. Uh, this was a really fun one for me to do. I always love to talk about designated winner. One of my students, he always says, uh, he's like, do any chance you get, you're going to bring up designated winner. And I'm like, yeah, it's because like, uh, you know, when you go to church and the guy, uh, the, the pastor asks a question, no matter what question he asks, the answer is Jesus. We know, you know, you're just, you know, oh, Jesus, God, Jesus. Oh, you got got it right, right? It designated winner is like that in jujitsu. Oh, I'm having trouble with this? Designated winner, dude. You should be doing more designated winner. Uh, but yeah, my students make fun of me for that. Uh, so no, if you're making fun of me on like the reviews and stuff, the five-star review that you're giving me, uh, know that my students are also joining in with you and mocking me too. Um, but also... Uh, cool, cool little thing to tell you guys about. This isn't an ad for the show, um, but I thought I would still bring it up because it's Josh McKinney who runs the show. As an athlete, I just got a new sponsorship, and that is uh, through Imposed Will. If you guys have never heard the episode with Adam Meredith, he is the owner of Imposed Will. That came out shoot that came out a really long time ago um but adam was actually he runs a podcast called outside perspective it was the first podcast i was ever on and it really was even a big kind of thing for me starting my own podcast you know it was just a few months later that i started my own podcast and so uh this guy's his roots run deep in the I Suck at Jiu Jitsu show. And the fact that Imposed Will wanted to sponsor me was just such a cool thing. Uh, and on top of that, another callback to the show, uh, I get to fight uh, another one of our sponsored athletes from Imposed Will, and that is Cody Kellison. And we will fight each other to the death on November 6th, November 6th in St. Louis. And it is uh, an event called Strange Hands. For you St. Louis people, you will, you were probably familiar with Four Hands Brewery and Strange Donuts. Uh, both of these uh, restaurants get together to sponsor this event that is being held by Imposed Will. And it's going to be a grappling show. Uh, they made a terrible choice and Cody and I are actually the main event. We are the headliners. Uh, we will make sure to make a mockery of, of all of that and uh, you know explain to them why it was a bad choice to pick us. Uh, but if you guys haven't heard Cody's episode, you should check that out. Uh, it's titled, I think it's titled The Most Powerful Episode of the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu Show. And uh, it's a super good episode. It's a really good listen. He's a really good guy, and I'm excited to get to, to fight him to the death. Uh, and then hopefully if we don't die and we can have a donut eating contest right after the match too. So that would be fun. Or even before the match, that would also be fun. Um, but regardless, if you guys wanted information on how to get tickets and things like that, I will be sending out some links only on my email list. And uh, so if you guys ever want to message me, talk to me, josh at simplifyingjujitsu.com, uh, you can send me an email. Or if you want to get part of the email list and get information about super bites that I have apparently, or, um, just different things that are going on with the show, with my life, with my team. The best way to do that is to sign up for the email list. You can go and sign up for the three lenses, the free ebook, and it will automatically put you on that email list and you will get a really, really good free ebook. Remember that's only at simplifyingjujitsu.com slash three. Um, and the link is in the description too, but yeah, that's all I have for you guys today was telling you about the, the donut contest, the donut eating contest and the fight to the death. It's weird fighting somebody that's been on the show before weird. Like, should I delete that episode? Should I be like, oh no, I hate this guy now. Nah, you know what? Cody's a good guy. I'll keep the episode up. 
We'll see. If he beats me, though, I'll tell you this. You'll never hear his name on the podcast again. You know, it's deleting that guy for sure. Uh, no, I'm just joking. Um, but yeah, that's all I have for you guys today. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Uh, hope that you start to do designated winner. Hope when you do, you let me know and you tell me about how much it helps your jujitsu. And most importantly, I hope today's episode helps you guys suck just a little bit less at jujitsu. Have a great day, guys.